Hello, and welcome to the podcasts on the work of Byron Katie. This is Ernest from theartofbeinghuman.com with session two of the Questions and Answers series. In this episode, I'm in conversation with Atul about a number of foundational aspects of the work. This is in many ways a philosophical conversation, covering the meaning and purpose of the work, the, the why of the work, we could say. We talk about how the work helps us navigate our life journey, about letting go of control, shadow work, and spiritual bypassing, among many other things. I hope you enjoy listening, and that these questions and answers continue to support you in your practice. I guess the first question I had was, I really, when I, I was trying to remember what attracted me to you, uh, and my own journey, therefore, in the yeah. work is parallel yeah. to my first call with you. Uh, yes. And the first thing that really stuck out when I found you literally on a Google search uh, was the art of being human. <laughs> and I loved, I still love every time I see that. And I said, what a beautiful concept. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many dimensions to it that I resonate, you know, being human. It's the word being. Yes. Right. And the art versus, uh, as you know, my background, the science. <laughs> of, right. I always think there is a method to this madness and I want to get to it. So what inspired that? And how do you relate to that phrase? the art of being human, what's the thinking behind that when you first developed it? Well, um, it is this notion of uh, this, this concept of art uh, not meant as an, like an expressive um piece of like a piece of art or an expression of art but more that that you can you can do things you you can do certain things in a way that it becomes an art it's it's the art of shoemaking or the mm. art of um, i don't know all, all of it right um which which sort of hints at this um as you say this opposite to the scientific approach the knowledge of or the science of being human, we could say. So, so what I want to invoke or what I wanted to invoke by using that, by calling it an art form or like a, a, a artistry um, was exactly that element that it's not a skill, a hard skill. It's not a scientific skill. Uh, and it, and it has some of those same uh elements to it as developing other other activities to to the level where we could call it an art form which is it has a lot of <clears throat> tacit and and uh, you know non-expressible knowledge that just mm -hmm. is part of that just comes in the action in a way um mm. so so for me it's it's to say that that this being human is uh uh, it's it's twofold we could say right on the one hand it's not a science it's not something to be rationalized uh, only and and also it's not just that just because you've been born that you then know how to do it 
there is also this developmental element to it, which is you can, but through through awareness and observation and trial and error, you can become better at it, so to speak. Mm. I, I remember I heard someone say at one time when discussing if youth was the the best, and then you just you bloom, and then it's down down downhill from there, right? Mm. And and he answered, no, 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 it gets better and better. It's supposed to get better because uh, you're getting better at it. Mm. Life. And and I like this notion that on the one hand, of course, the 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 beauty of the uh, of the child or the open-minded approach of the child has its own beauty in its innocence mm -hmm. and naivete, and at the same time, there is this element of experience making you better at something. Mm. And 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 I've seen it I've seen it many times as a journey where you you start in this simple simplicity like simple approach to things that it's very obvious and straightforward, the child, for instance. And then you go through complexity. I, I find puberty uh, as, a, as a journey into the, a lot of complexity. And, and then you spend a long time unraveling that and, and growing up and figuring out everything. So there is this from, from this simplicity into the complexity, but then back into simplicity. Okay. I, I, that's like the journey. But when you return to simplicity, you're not returning to the same place where you started because of all that you've been through. You you have like a new level of your your your. We could say your simplicity is simple by choice, perhaps, or or you've 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 traveled to it. And and I sometimes use the image of a child moving its hand, you know, and it has this beautiful innocence and and simplicity to the move. And then, and then, like a, an old, an old person moving their hand, doing in theory the same movement, but it's such a different. Mm. It's it's such a different thing because it has this. Life has been lived, and you can see that in that movement. Mm. It's it's not that clunky movement of a child. It's this. There's some grace, or there's something, and that's the art in a way. Mm. And then, yeah, I, I like the being human very much. Um, uh, like a human being, and, and and I sometimes say a human, comma being, right? So so what would you hinted at also this this mm -hmm. notion that towards beingness, so being human, not doing human. So it's not the science of doing human; it's mm -hmm. the art of being human. Um, that's that's some of the thinking that mm, that's behind beautiful. that. Yeah, you know that's. Now I know why I was attracted to it. These, there are, <laughs> these seem like two conflicting ideas. And, and you just said it reminded me and because I struggle with this and I know people in my life and who have this response that this notion of being human, just the notion of being, often gets conflated with its innate. So it's just natural. You don't have to practice doing being. It's like practicing loving. It's just, you, you can't, or as practicing being a tool or being earnest, it's that's, in fact, it's the non-doing aspect of the being. So that's kind of one 
skepticism or criticism of like you can't learn or you can't teach people right and and yet you talked about the art of it it's like by practice you can become more earnest it's like you can become a deeper more skillful earnest yeah yeah and well well what that brings is this notion of getting in your own way right mm. that that um, it's true, I, I, of course, being is given, that is what we are. There, there's no improving that or, or, right, or right. enhancing that. It's just, it's there and it never stops. We are, of course, all the time being who we are. Uh, however, uh, uh, we tend to get in our own ways with a lot of our uh, activities and desires and cravings and, and fears and, and wants. So, we could say when we are playing with these words, we, we could say, you know, there is an undoing required in order to learn to be an unlearning. Right. Um, so it's not so much the being itself. It's more uh, uh, coming out of hiding with our mm. being, coming out of the closet as beings rather mm. than doings and, and allowing, uh, allowing that beingness to shine through. Mm. Uh, it seems that many, many of us, um, through whatever process we go through, uh, as we are developing our nervous system, growing up, learning, learning to, ad or adapting to our environment, that this being, uh, somehow seems too innocent or vulnerable or even naive to be allowed to to run things and and this part of us shows up that wants in and wants to take care of things mm. and what that does is actually gets in the way of that that authenticity or spontaneity or, or simplicity of being and and that's back to this the child and and the old person right this mm. this this journey there is a difference so so it's not wrong that 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 skills are needed uh, mm -hmm. But it's it's like with everything else, the mastery comes when you know the skills well enough to let them go, when you know the rules well enough to go beyond the rules, right? So, so of course, we need to learn just a simple thing as walking. I mean, we can't. And, and, then, and then through part instinct and some support and, and a lot of experimentation, we learn to walk. And then, um, and then we have to let it go and it becomes a natural yeah. thing for us. But in that, we might, we might you know, learn some habits of walking that are actually working against our skeleton or our movement right. system, you know? And, and so, so we can get, we can get, yeah. So, so it can be helpful to unlearn or to change some of those movement patterns in order to let the authentic walking mm. go through more, we could say, or to use our skeleton and our muscles in a more optimal way by learning some, or unlearning some tensions right. or unlearning some, some, some specific movements or as, as it seems some trauma can get stuck in the, in the movement system. And so, and so mm -hmm. we avoid certain positions. All of that is, is sort of added to the, to what would be if a, uh, if a mindless, uh, well, if a simpler animal right. was learning to walk, it, it walks optimally because it doesn't get any of these impediments or problems in there. But we do because of our complexity, and so and so, mm -hmm. the complexity that allows us this sensitivity to the world, which is so wonderful, 
is also what gets in the way when it's not um, uh, dealt with consciously, we could say. Mm-hmm. I really want to explore this theme in deep. Uh, actually, just last week, a friend of mine divided learning, a physician actually, uh, in three phases. It's exactly what you just said. And so I want to explore that. And especially how, given your experiences, how specifically the work helps with this development. Uh, he called it the stage of the first stage of superficial simplicity. Uh-huh. The second phase of confusing complexity. <laughs> Good. And the third stage is profound simplicity. Oh, beautiful. Right. And I thought so too. And I, it, I felt it like coincidentally a week later, I'm hearing you say that. And, and there's also a beautiful phrase by Oliver Wendell Holmes, Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes, well-regarded Supreme Court Justice now passed, which I use often. And that is, I'm interested in simplicity on the far side of complexity, not on the near side. Same thing. Right? Yeah. And so, so I think that is really a beautiful framework or metaphor because one of the things I have wrestled with and I've observed in the groups is one way I sometimes hear the work and people's understanding of the work and sometimes my own understanding is to go back to the innocence of the child That lovely, beautiful, magical stage of development, which was all pure, all love, full of infinite potential. But that hasn't always settled with me because what do I do with all this learning? And that child could not survive. It was not independent. And do I throw all that away? And so you really kind of, I love in the description of your art, there is a notion of practice. Yeah. So in that context, that there is a set of practices, disciplines, and modalities, whatever you call, or let me even step back. What in your experience as someone who's worked over several decades, in helping people through this journey from superficial simplicity to profound simplicity, or at least that's what you attempt, I assume. What is your thinking in terms of uh, practices or approaches, and specifically in the context of work, how does that help people as they navigate this journey from superficial simplicity, complexity to a much deeper, profound simplicity. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a very, very lovely description of the the journey in a way, these words your friend used. Oh, let me just say, can you get the microphone a little closer to yourself? Yeah. It's, you're, a little, you're a little distant How's right this? in the sound. This That's better? much better. Yeah, it's much better. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So the role of the work, um, well, I mean, maybe what is that blocks? What are some of the challenges and stuckness? Why some people, particularly going from, I think we all go from superficial simplicity to complexity. It's we are yes. forced into that. Just world, yes. welcome to the world. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. What do you think helps and what are the factors that keep some people in that complexity? And if you were to say, from your experience, what are the few things that help some people grow out of it into the next stage of beyond complexity? Yeah, I, I, I think um, with the, I think the element of the childishness or the, the, the innocence that we are getting back to in a way, even in the profound simplicity, is an, a sense of trust. Hmm. Um, which the complexity is, we could say the, the complexity that we evolve or develop is an attempt at control. It's an attempt at controlling our world so that we can feel safe. So, so we are born in here and we have this sense of, of the, 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 the simplicity. What, what was it? How did you say it? The, the first Profi one? The first one is superficial simplicity. Superficial simplicity. Okay, yeah. So, so we're just, it's just so simple. Everything is fine. Here I am. I'm being taken care of. I'm being fed. You know, there's no, no responsibility. There's an innocence no about it. Yeah, there's it's an innocence. It's just very, very easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go through this series of shocks, different different kinds of shocks or trauma or experiences that suddenly make us feel, ooh, I can't, I can't fully trust mm. this world. You know, mm. my mom suddenly gets angry with me. I don't know why. Or, mm. you know, I'm left cold here or, you know, someone dies. Whatever it is, we, 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 uh, we step into the world, we could say. We are born, uh, not, not physically, but emotionally and mentally, we are born out of some sort of uh, usually out of some sort of shock or or some experience mm. of something. Now I have to step in and take control here because something is off, right? Mm. Mm. So, and then and then this whole process begins, which we could call this developing confusing complexity, which I, I see as really our attempt at getting control of our environment. And you, usually that starts with trying to control our external environment you know, so that we can be safe, so that we can be happy and good and, 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 and fine as mm -hmm. much as possible. Mm -hmm. And, and, and as part of that, you could say, we, we, we discover that, that um, there are some things we have control over and some things we don't have control over. And so we want to expand our sphere of control uh, so that we can get control with, with as much as possible so we can be mm -hmm. safe and happy. Mm -hmm. And and that then we, usually leads to at some point discovering money and power as two mm -hmm. very strong tools in getting control with our uh, um, environment so that we can feel feel the safety that we used to feel mm -hmm. uh, uh, and happiness and and all the good things that we believe we want. Um, what then happens, I would say, then you then part of your question was, why do some people continue into the, the profound simplicity and others stay in sort of the, the, 
Yeah, and also your experience as you help people traverse yeah. or grow out of that. Yeah. What is that stage of transition and what are kind of the issues? Yeah. And and, and, and how does the work help there? So so I think what, what, what really happens is uh, if we make it very simple, we could say for people who are caught in that phase of of confusing complexity, uh, trying to gain more and more security and control and, 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 and figure it out and and get hold of it and manipulate and what does what is he thinking? How should I respond? That's all the confusion that happens. Is that that some of us realize we can't. This is not a viable path. We we cannot continue. There is a limit to how much we can control, and mm. facing that is a is a big um, shift and 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 can be you know pretty dramatic to to realize it can be quite a a crisis. Mm. Suddenly realize okay there are things that are outside of my control and for some of course it happens when a disease hits that you can't control. Someone's emotions, act, like someone I'm leaves you. I'm part of crisis, yeah. Me Precisely, where, yeah. where you where you realize I'm, I, this is not this path doesn't work. Like no matter how much power right. and money or whatever. So, so then th th that that beginning to look for another way shows up, mm -hmm. and and that's where the return begins in a way. And the ultimate, mm -hmm. I would say, the 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 end point, if we can say that, of that returning or moving to the next layer or what, however we want to describe it is to return to that sense of trust that 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 life that 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 things are good as they are that mm -hmm. that that this world i live in is actually taking care of me in so many ways that mm -hmm. i just forgot in my fear and wanting to control things mm -hmm. so it's it's the undoing of all those fearful controlling behaviors that we have that we have evolved and some mm -hmm. of us evolved to a very high degree in controlling how we appear and trying to manipulate others and, and trying to impact the world. And, and um, we begin to dismantle that. And, and that's where this process of inquiry, for instance, comes in, mm -hmm. where, where we are, where we begin to question, is it really true that I need all this? Is it really true that I can't trust others? Mm -hmm. Is it really true that others have power over my inner world and my emotions? Because mm -hmm. ultimately, this sense of safety or this this joy in our lives, of course, at first we think it depends on others and, and that's our outer circumstances. And that's where we are in trouble because mm. they seem to act on their own will and that's why mm. we need to control them. Mm -hmm. But but then we can we can begin to see that I'm actually not dependent on the external environment in order to feel safe and happy. I can actually mm. feel safe and happy under all circumstances, and that's the that's the superpower. That's the realization that 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 allow, opens a whole new path, which then becomes mm. about how can I trust this whole thing more? How can I how can I relax back into a, a, a new version of that that childish trust that my parents have it? They, they've right. got it right. Mm -hmm. we, we're right. good. The food supper. I'm playing with my cars, and at some point, someone will say dinner is served, and I'll go right. eat dinner, and right. then they'll carry me up to bed, and I'll fall asleep. And next morning, there they are putting clothes on me. It's just such a wonderful life. But it, of course, it has all those limitations, and I think those are the ones you were pointing to. We we want the freedom to use this amazing tool that we have, that we are to explore and expand our lives. We don't want to have the limitations of the child. We want the 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 freedom of the adult, but right. we want the right. the the sense of safety and security and trust of the child. 
the naive, mm -hmm. uh, innocent idea that actually mm -hmm. the universe is a friendly place, mm -hmm. that uh, it's going to be okay. So, so what I what I meet, um, I would say, if I meet someone early on this journey, um, it's very often someone who thinks who has a lot of control stuff going on. A lot of a lot of things they think they need in order to be happy, and and a lot of complicated strategies about how to impact the world, and so all their pain or, or much of their pain is centered around the fact that other people don't respond mm. to their to their needs in the way they want. This this annoying uh, dependency on external environment, especially I... other people, and so there are conflicts and there. Are, discussions and difficulties and judgments on others and how they should behave and, and mm. all of that. And then this journey begins into beginning to see that maybe maybe that's not required. Maybe all of those outer um, uh, goals or, or signposts or whatever we call them are not required. Maybe there is an inner path that actually allows us to be in the world as it is. And, and, and mm -hmm. that's that brings us to Katie's book title, Loving What Is, right? Mm -hmm. Which is sort of mm -hmm. ultimately the, the place where you can relax completely. If you could completely trust everything, 100%, everything's good, everything is for me, nothing is against me, there's no evil, there's no danger here. If you could trust that 100%, mm -hmm. then it's obvious that the life we would live would be beyond our wildest dreams in a way, right? Mm. In terms of feeling love, joy, safety, Right, feeling, right. Adventure, feeling adventurous and experimental and just right, trying right. things out and coming out of hiding, being being visible in our vulnerability. All of that is possible in a world where we can trust everything to be for us. And yeah. there's no problem. I can share myself completely. Yes, I'm an idiot. Here's how I'm an idiot. You can all see I'm an idiot, but I'm not, I'm not afraid of that because I trust mm. that you love me or that it'll be okay even if you don't, mm. right? Uh, yeah, so so that's, and then and then what I what I what I have found in the many different tools I've been looking at to support this process over the years, is that some form of self inquiry appears to me to be the most effective mm. version, the most lasting results and the most profound insights come from, not someone telling me what to do or giving me like the the the. Uh, what what's it called in in math? You know, the teacher has this list of the results, and you're supposed to do the calculations. Oh, right. the, yeah, the cheat sheet, or right? The yeah, answer. but what's the? Yeah, the well, yeah. No one. It, it doesn't work that someone just tells you what the answer is. Right, it, right. It could right. be the correct answer, but right. if the you solution do solution set, sometimes solution they call it the solution set. set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here is the here's the way to solve it. Here are the results. Yeah. So much so, as I want it, as you know, I've always been asking for the solution set from you. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And I've been I've been holding back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretending to have it, but but just being coy about it. No, the the, the point is, of course, that getting the the correct result on the math uh, equation or whatever right, this is the right. result is not going to help you because in in because after because ten minutes later you get in life a whole new equation you have to figure out. Mm. And if you haven't understood mm. how to do it, mm. then the result won't help you because it just now it's now it's uh, you know squared instead of right. times so three. So it's not the answer, three. it's the skill itself. That's that it, is. right? That's yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. so and that's where self-inquiry seems so uh, so effective because you discover 
right. the solutions yourself or the results yourself. And in that process, and there's a lot of other stuff, of course, but in that process, you get that ability to, like, it, it's like it goes so deep that you can be given any equation and figure it out because you've understood the principles right. of math, we could say, right, at a certain level, rather than just understanding the results. Right, right. I, I'm not fully satisfied with that metaphor, but but it, it points to a part of what it is that's important. Yeah, I, I, I kind of get it and there's so much you're covering in this i want to go back so that i got it and uh, so i think if if i can repeat back and tell me if i got you so the shift from the confusing complexity which we all get thrown off unbeknownst to us yes the nature of life yes shocks of life as we call it in some instances uh, unfortunate more intentional trauma yeah is I, I sense two or three core themes you said, and I, my mind likes to you know, hold those uh, with some clarity. One is this lack of trust that emerges and that I can't, the world is not safe. Yes. And that's either the stimulus for the complexity or perpetuates that complexity. This is, and and that's one. So the lack of trust seems to be a core aspect of, of that shift from the innocence and simplicity of, of childhood. And as a result of the lack of trust and our natural desire to seek safety, the second thing that perpetuates that complexity is we think the answer is outside. If I can control, so control comes in. Lack of trust makes me try to control the environment, the people, the, 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 the material aspects of you know, if I have this and if I have that and if I have this perfect Big thing. house, swimming pool, holidays. Right, right, yeah. right perfect wife. Of children, right? yeah, it gets yeah. pretty, pretty close to people as well. Yeah. And those two are the core strategies yeah. that may work in some way, but at some point keep us stuck in that experience, which is not satisfying or in some instances distressing. Yeah. And the shift out of that into the more profound simplicity, as we are calling it, or a more adult form of simplicity than the childhood version of it, yeah. or mature form of simplicity. Yeah, I like that. Is to reverse those two aberrations, those two little, uh, and that is, can you trust the world? As Byron Katie says, the world is trustworthy and is friendly and in service of your growth and happiness. Yeah. And the second is, instead of control of the world outside, can you more, and I don't know the world is control, but somehow more work on your inner experience and because that's more within your within your control frankly than the control outside and yeah so. 
and I that's what self-inquiry helps with those two shifts. Yeah, that was and, and simple understanding of. Yeah, no, I mean. no, it's 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 good, and and I I think um, what that prompts me to to point to is are two things. One is, it's not it's not really. First, we find trust, and then we let go of control. It's not even that we work on them together. I would say it's the and I use control in the in the widest sense here, right? But it's it's like it's 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 almost like we do a big experiment. What happens if I let go of control? What, what, could it be that I can actually take my hands off the wheel a little bit, and then, uh, and then be okay? And as I do that, and I experience that experientially, I find that actually I can I can let go. That's what builds the trust, mm. builds the trust back, because the trust is 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 founded on experience. There's no right. there's no way to convince me that I can trust stuff. You know, I need to I need to somehow have an experiential basis. So, mm -hmm. so so we could say um, the 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 inquiry process or whatever work we do is about, in a way, this we could say letting go, but I would put it differently. I would say it's it's discovering the truth, mm -hmm. which is that I don't have control. I was just I just thought I had control, but it was mm -hmm. just the mind has created all this complexity and thinks it knows all kinds of stuff and, and then thinks that it's mm -hmm. doing all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. But in reality, uh, um, I, I don't know if you have, in, in Denmark, we have a, a fun fair called Tivoli, which is like a, a, a quite a, like, yeah, a, a, an important cultural place. And there are these, um, for, for the very little children, there are these, um, these uh, wagons or cars, you could say, that drive on on um, on tracks, right? Yeah, and and there and there's a wheel that you can turn, but of course it doesn't do anything because the thing <laughs> is on the track, right? And I and I love that I love that. Oh, image. That's a lovely analogy. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sitting there and I'm on that track and I'm turning right. the wheel and sometimes I turn the wheel and the wagon turns the same way and I'm like, yeah, I found out how to do it, <laughs> and then I'm so happy and then I turn it the other way and the wagon just turns opposite and I think, oh, there's something I've yeah. missed. I need to. And that's how the complexity happens, right? I need to figure right, out right. why is it sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, and then this journey is of discovering that the, the wheel is completely not connected to anything. I am on this track. Like all these forces are working around me and through me and they right, are the actual right, ones. Right, right. And then the mind is just sitting there playing playing its game. And then, so it's it's like, it's not even letting go of the wheel. It's realizing there is no wheel. We could say mm, it's, it's almost mm. like a matrix metaphor, right? Mm. There, there mm. is no spoon, so there is no wheel. There is mm. no control, mm. and and discovering that I can I cannot control things, and they happen exactly the same way as when I was controlling them. Mm. Only my inner experience is completely different. That's uh, that's the that's the discovery we could that's say. That's a beautiful. That's a beautiful metaphor, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's I, I it's think that so. wheel that occupies and gives us a false sense of control and we can yeah. direct yeah. it. And in the end, in some ways we as humans need both, <laughs> but also that realization that yes, I do like the comfort of holding on to something so yeah. that, but know that it's not doing anything. <laughs> and so, so I think when, when, when the journey starts into these things and, and you were referring back to NLP before, some of the first steps we take, if, if we if we keep this simple, 
image of, of the journey. And of course, it's, it's, it exists in, in billions of ways. But if we say, you know, I've, I've, I've lost trust, taken over control in an attempt to refine my trust, which is the base of all my joy and happiness. If, if I can't trust, I, I'll be perpetually fearful in, on some level. So I want that back. And, and, and I've tried the external path and discovered for whatever reason, I, I can't control it well enough to mm. get the, the, the safety or the joy that I want. Then we go internally, but we bring with us this idea of control. So in the beginning, we will usually start, and, and that's, that's the whole sort of self-development idea, right? Uh, in the very basic forms, it's this notion that if I send out the right vibe into the universe, I mm. can attract the right mm -hmm. thing. So I've just moved my control thing from the materialistic world mm -hmm. into the energetic or spiritual or emotional mm -hmm. world, thinking mm -hmm. if I can make myself right, then I can, then I can get control. So right. in the beginning, it's seen as a new way of, I just need to, this is the real wheel. Okay. My inner world is the real wheel, but mm -hmm. my attempt is still actually to control mm -hmm. my outer world. So there is a, a face with that. And there's a, there's a huge there's a lot of literature and courses and, and workshops mm -hmm. and, and offerings mm -hmm. to people who are in that phase. It's the whole industry. That's, that's, its, own industry. <laughs> right. that's its own industry. That's its own industry. And then, and, and some just stay there and, and, and right. think they have a new wheel and, and, right. and think, okay, it worked now. So I need to do one more. And they talk to someone who's been to a course with a shaman who did something and that worked. So now I'm going to go there. Mm -hmm. It's this whole journey and that can be the rest mm -hmm. of life. But, but, but possibly you see through that as well at some point mm. and you realize, no, that's still not it. This is just uh, like a higher level version mm. of the confusion. So, so, so then you start moving towards these other practices, which invite you into the letting go part, which is very mm. different and, mm. and, and, and not just letting go as a way to gain control but actually letting go. So there is that little phase mm -hmm. there, right? Where we think mm -hmm. I can, I can game the system if I just, it's not just another strategy for control. That, that's <laughs> it. Right. It's, it's ultimately surrender or giving up. Right. It's right. not just a new way. It's, right. it's really realizing mm -hmm. I have no control and then facing the fear that that right. brings, because that is, that is where the whole journey started with that mm -hmm. fear. Mm -hmm. And and that's why, that's why I, I, I think the work has two elements to it. One part is the one that that is the very non-dualistic spiritual, um, uh, uh, yeah, oneness work, mm -hmm. which is where Katie comes from. Mm -hmm. uh, but but what's important about about Katie's journey, seen and this is seen from my perspective, so so I, I take full ownership of that and won't, won't put it on anyone else. But when I look at it. If I look at the timeline, what happened was Katie woke up or whatever happened to her. I don't mm -hmm. think she would, she would, well, she says she woke up to reality, right? So, so she saw through this mm. and then she started doing the work and the work sort of manifested and, and she, and she did that, but she had already seen that, that, that this wasn't real in a way that mm -hmm. it was all thoughts. Mm -hmm. So her work is very much focused on the oneness element or the, the spiritual aspect of it. Mm. seeing that all this is illusion there is no identity all of that stuff so so and and that's wonderful and that's one part of the work mm -hmm. and then there is another part of the work in my eyes and, and they they completely go together i just want to hold both which is what i call the shadow work which is working on these parts of us mm -hmm. that are fearful uh, uh, and 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 mm -hmm. and in this example scared of 
or, or gets scared when they're confronted with the fact that there is no control. Mm. And so put crudely, you could say Katie had already seen that mm. and felt safe and was, was then working through her, 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 her patterns or her, her thoughts. Right, right, but when right. we are coming from the other side, we will need a, some of these original traumas or shocks and, and we have to go through them without knowing what's on the other mm. side. Mm. And, and, and that requires some more shadow-based work or some more mm. work with the parts of us that we've pushed aside and, and, and all of that more sort of, it, we could call it psychological or psychotherapeutic work, which then, in, in, I would say the danger is that if you don't do that work and you just go with the whole oneness thing, mm. then, you, then you are in danger of doing the bypassing, the spiritual bypassing thing, right? right. Which is what happens when we, when we, when we do not deal with, right. with these right. fears, but just convince ourselves. Right. But we are actually still in the realm of the, of the confusion that we discussed before. We, we, are still, we are still working with that confusion in that we, are, uh, we, we have created now a mental idea of the world that is safe, but we haven't actually dealt with the feelings of unsafe and lack of trust and fear and all of that. And that's the shadow side. Yeah, those are the shadow. Th th those live in the shadow, right? We don't want to mm -hmm. see them, so we bypass mm -hmm. them and go all the mm -hmm. way in. We, we take a big bite of the cake mm -hmm. and we go, whoa, this is the mm -hmm. solution. And we listen to mm -hmm. all these spiritual teachers. Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and because we don't do the shadow work or the, the psychological work, uh, we, we might end up in in a new what, what was it called confusing confusing, confusing complexity, complexity yeah. a new layer of confusing complexity mm -hmm. but we've mm -hmm. just hidden the confusion from ourselves and, and, right, and right. but we're still not in a really in touch with life we, we're still right. behind a glass pane of some sort um yeah i don't know that's beautiful Okay, I lost myself a little bit. In no, it. I, 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 I've been tracking it. And, and, and that actually brings me back to the beginning of why I was, why you and I even met. What attracted me to you, which allowed me to pick up the phone and call you on a random day. And then, and here we are, was I had read Byron Katie's work. I had seen this numerous videos of, you know, there is no shortage of videos on that. But I kept asking the question, not how to do it. It was more on why the work works. I have not found anyone on this wild universe. And you know me, I, I search deep and wide <laughs> for things that I'm interested in. Why is it that nobody else is writing about it? or thinking about it? And what was it about you that you finally put together a series of podcasts on going at the why question and not just trust me, do the how? Well, I, I think the, the um, uh, it is as you say, it's, it's just that was an interest and I hadn't found it uh, myself. So I wanted to I mean, obviously, when I found so the, the work, why was important to you. Yeah, which is mm -hmm. which, which meant that when I found the work, that's part of my. It, it's like a dual thing. What's the practice like? Why does it work? 
and and the why seems important because that can inform the practice right mm. so when mm. we have a choice about should i do this or that should i go in this direction or that mm. direction mm. or this works and this doesn't work it's just so natural for me to think why does this work when that doesn't work and that then just uncovers you you get into the the machine room of the thing and you start to to see oh oh therefore and therefore and therefore and 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 of course in parallel with with understanding the work i've i'm still you know reading uh psychotherapy psychotherapy books and 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 psychology and so i'm still picking up stuff um and i think that the, the revolution is continuing i think the last 10 years has been very uh ripe with there's been a, a huge harvest of psychological psychotherapeutic insights as we are moving out of the paradigm of Freud and, and, and sort of these analytical approaches into more practical approaches uh, to the, uh, to the psyche. Um, mm. So there's been, there's been a, 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 an abundance of, yeah, exactly of material, but, yeah. but, but for me, it was simply, it was simply the question, what would I have liked to have someone tell me when I started that that was the driving, that was the driving energy in those podcasts. What what would I have liked to have known, mm. um, been told, mm. and and it's exactly these things like why does it work? How can we understand this in a frame that that's a little larger? I guess that's also just how I've always operated. That if I really believe that <clears throat> to uh, to use a tool, the more understanding you have of the the context of the tool or why it works, the more informed decisions you can make about it. And so mm. to, to just learn a tool without having any information about how it works, just this is what you do, follow the procedure, mm. has never mm. really worked for me. I, I want to experiment. I want to go to the corners of it. I want to see where are the limitations and stuff. And 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 that's that. therefore I appreciate if someone was to explain to me, okay, this is what you do, then I like to get like a, a preamble of why are we doing this? Like what's the context? Mm. What, what's the basic idea here? It is that we have in, in as i explained it with the work we have these different maps of reality and 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 different perceptions of the world and the work actually works on that uh, and and it's by shifting that 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 our world shifts because we're seeing mm. it through that filter it's just such a simple and, and clear context to then start to do the work and and it just helps putting things in the right boxes in the mm. head right mm. So, 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 so it, it, it was a support for me. I mean, I couldn't help it finding out. And once I, I felt I had, a, and there are many ways to explain it. So I also don't want to say that I have figured it out. It's not like that. It's just that here's a, a story we can tell about it that makes sense Fine. and supports understanding yeah. and allows some boxes to be ready to put things into so that when we are then uh, doing the training, um, mm. we can do it. So, so, which actually brings me to, I think it's also just, uh, I think if, if if there is one thing that 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 somehow my psyche is talented for in some way, it's some sort of pedagogical skill. It's like an ability to explain complexity and 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 pass it on. And this is what I've been doing for many many years. I, when I was studying at university, I was already teaching there as well. And and so I have like a, I just think I have a, uh, some sort of talent or skill for that like that's how mm. my mind works mm. so it also just makes sense to me if i'm going to tell people about the work it helps to understand as i just explained
Yeah. Wow. A lot of words, but that's, I think that's it. No, that's beautiful. And it, it really touches me because it resonates so deeply in an area where I feel particularly people doing this kind of work don't often understand this part of the conversation. Why do you care about the why? Right. And what allowed me to connect to the earlier part of the conversation we had, and I want to check with you if that this, this is my observation just listening to you, is this real clarity with which you made the distinction between the superficial simplicity and innocence of a child's freedom stage mm -hmm. and what I call the profound simplicity beyond complexity. Yes. Which is the more adult, mature, more skillful, more resourced simplicity. Yes. So it's a question I have. Is the difference between those two is that a master artist through the understanding of the why has such a deeper appreciation of now the art you talked about, the skill which a child stage doesn't have. And therefore this engagement with this duality you're talking about the practical how, I love practices, I like structure, I like specificity. And I also have a deep curiosity, existential questions about why. Why is the world the way it is? Why does this work? And is it that combination of that journey of marrying the why with the deep practical, practical practices that makes the master get to the simplicity of things that's not available to a child in their state of simplicity. Does that make any sense or am I? Yeah, no, no, it makes sense. I, I, I would, I would uh, I'm just, what you're seeing is, is a, a little concern with making it uh, a requirement. It. Yeah, yeah. A requirement that you need to understand the why. I think I think the why is more of a taste thing. I, I think it, it for me it informs the practice in a way that I would say <clears throat> supports the 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 profound simplicity or or the mastery uh, if we call it that. I think the, the all the really skillful painters I imagine have also studied the you know color. Uh, wheel. What makes color a color? Yeah. Yeah, and they were even doing and sometimes it even the physics right? of color. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 the the studied things like how does water move? If I'm going to paint water, and and how does how does the cloud actually? I mean, there's so many overlaps, especially of course in earlier days when the sciences were more combined, the arts and sciences. But yeah, the they're naturalists, just they call them. They didn't call them scientists. These were the naturalists. They yeah. Were just okay. Good. Nature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and also if we go back to Greece and, and these philosophers yeah. who were yeah. very practical and mathematicians and physicists as well. So, so, so this, I think this combination of the why and the how seems very fertile. 
somehow. Why? Some crossovers can happen for both the things. It's difficult to only have the why and with no how because it becomes speculative. And it also seems to me that the how without the why can become a little limited in scope or there, there are potential fruits that won't be uh, gathered because, uh, because things are not seen because of the lacking how. Um, I also, th to me, it seems so natural that if you that, that if you get really deep into the why, then you will eventually move into the how as well. Your your, your search for the why will turn mm. into an interest in the how, and and the same way with the how. If you get really and I deep see into the, the vice how, versa too. Yeah, the more deep you go into the how, yeah, I guess you that's also what want to 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 understand, or you will develop an understanding of the why because it's not even necessarily a search it's just when you've done something 10,000 times you begin to see perhaps a pattern that then forms a why right but i wouldn't say that it's required i i think there are there there are many well i don't know it's more like that's like an like a nature nature child like someone who just has it i don't think mozart necessarily it's, it's more organic it. i think it's more i there's just I, something I, I sense your hesitation, so I want to make sure I can name it. Your concern is not to get too prescriptive. Definitely. About, this is the five steps to doing it. Absolutely. That but would it be shared you. that these two impulses of under, I look at, I think of, as I'm hearing you say why, I, I hear it more of an inner impulse to understand the essence, almost the form, bef the, the function before the form. And the how is the form, the structure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the two, when they get together, there is a certain degree of freedom that comes because when you're only in the how, you become a, there's a tendency I've noticed, even with some facilitators and trainers on the helpline, for instance, that it's too rigid and, and, and it prevents to go deeper. I think that's a good point. When you only have the procedure, and something then comes up that doesn't fit into the procedure, then your only option is to, to move the process back into the procedure. But if you have an understanding of the function of, of the why or, or what's going on behind the procedure, then you're able to incorporate these, right. these moves out into something else without actually losing touch with the procedure. You, because you, your, your map, you have a map of the whole area, not just the route, right? So if you get mm -hmm. off the route, Mm. Then, then you're just in this big city. You have no idea. You, you just walk around aimlessly until you're lucky enough to hit the route again. Then you can find right, your way. Right. But if you have a map of the whole city, then you can orient yourself and still get to, to that place you're getting to just down a, a parallel road or, or whatever might happen. I think that, that's, that could be a good way to say what the why can do and why it can be supportive. Um, I think that's true. So I have a final question in this segment, which is, where are you in that journey of those existential questions? What's the purpose of life? Why am I here? How do you relate to those questions now than you did 20 years ago or longer? Well, I, I, found, I found somewhere along the way the insight that, that this classic question of why are we here or what's the purpose? I would even say, what's the purpose? Um, uh, cannot be answered intellectually, only experientially, in the sense mm. that it's an experience of meaningfulness that, that just comes and you're with it and it can never be expressed. So, so, there, so that's in my mind why there is no answer to this question, what's the purpose? 
the purpose is this and and that can be experienced and when that's experienced then that question just stops it's just obvious this is it the sun coming through my window forming a little uh, square on my on my floor and uh, and it's nice and warm and i go there and i put my foot there and it just feels good that's it that that's the answer we could say to that question in some ways that's the profound simplicity yeah yeah that 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 it's beyond the, the you can never you can never fully ex- exhaust an answer or or like f- fully express an answer so so um so i think that's w- perhaps why my search that, that's part of that sort of ended my search we could say for the mm. for the answer because i realized there's only the experience so in a way I think it would be true to say that therefore I shifted more into deepening the experience. It's no longer relevant to find an intellectual answer, but I can. it seems that there's no end to the depth I can go in on the experiential side of experiencing the answer. Mm. And, and, and we could, in poetic language, we could say the heart, there's no end to the heart, it is endless the depth that I can go to in my experience of love and freedom and, and joy and potential ecstasy seems endless. And so, and so it's just a continuing Mm. diving deeper and deeper into the answer. So, so in a way the answer is found, it's an experience. Okay. Let's look at that experience. How can I become more and more sensitive to all the nuances of that experience. And one of the ways I notice I do that is that by doing the work and undoing all the blockages and all the hiding and all the fear of being vulnerable and all of that, the more vulnerable I become in the world, the more sensitive I am to mm-hmm. the to the beauty of the answer and all the little nuances of, mm. of a bird or the sun or mm-hmm. a cloud or a rainy day or you know, just the, or of course, an interaction with another, which is so rich. So I think that would be a way to say it. And that seems that that journey doesn't seem to have an end point. So, so uh, I'm, I'm good for, for life. I can continue uh, deepening, deepening my experience. The work of Byron Katie is copyright by Byron Katie International. You can read more on www.thework.com. For more podcasts like this one, videos with tips and tricks, articles on the work and online courses, visit theartofbeinghuman.com. And feel free to contact me if you have any questions or comments to this podcast. You can find my contact information on theartofbeinghuman.com or you can simply send an email to ernest at theartofbeinghuman.com. Thank you for listening.